Yo, 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 what's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Kenny Clutch, on another episode of the Clutch Vision Podcast. Do me a favor, before we get started, go ahead and like, subscribe, comment below. After this video is done, go ahead and share it with your friends, share it with your family, um, share it anywhere on all social media platforms. Follow me on Instagram, at Kenny Clutch underscore, on Facebook, Kenny Clutch Speaks. And yes, we have a very, 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 special guest in our house <laughs> today um we have my wife the wonderful miss jocelyn thomas what's going on babe hi babe <laughs> how you doing how you doing how you doing i'm doing good i'm awesome all right so check it out um the reason for this uh particular podcast is because my wife my wife is now officially an author She's an author of this brand new book that just released, um, which is called Pages of Hope. Um, it has several different uh, authors on the book um, that these wonderful women that have gone through some trials and tribulations uh, share their stories. Very, very emotional, but also inspiring. Um, sometimes, you know, we go through things and we don't know why. Um, and oftentimes the reason why we go through these things is to ultimately tell our story. And many people um, are afraid to tell their story. Um, so hopefully this encourages other women and other men as well too to, to tell their story. And we're going to jump right into it. Um, my wife's section of the book is called Purpose Pain. So but why is it called Purpose Pain? I titled it Purpose Pain because I feel that the things that we go through in life are for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And in the time that we're going through it, it may be painful, it may hurt, it may be, you know, feelings of one of the worst things. And at that time, we may want out. Um, and we may question, like, why am I going through this? Why, why me, you know? But I do feel that for everyone there's a reason why we go through the things that we go through so i titled it purpose pain because i do feel that there was a reason why i went through the story right so you begin a lot of the story or most of the story in the beginning um with your your past in in 2013 um with your ex-husband um so take us through you know what you were going through at the time. Take us through, start, let's start it from the top and, and, and take us through on how you got to Hawaii because you're a Jersey girl. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too many Jersey people that's over here in Hawaii, but you ended up moving to Honolulu, right? Yeah. All right, 2013. So take us, take us, uh, take us through and, and, and what happened with that and, um, and then break, break that down and then what we can expect um, out of the book. So in 2013... I moved to Hawaii in June with my ex-husband at the time, my husband, and um, my two kids that I had before him. And um, we got married in 2012, and I decided that since he was in the military and stationed in Hawaii, that I would just go live with him because it would be easier to just live a life with, you know, your husband and living in the same state. 
So I packed all my stuff, quit my jobs and everything, and we she moved. She said jobs. <laughs> I had more than one job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we moved to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, very early on, even before I moved to Hawaii, he showed signs of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I had so many red flags and why I should not have gotten married to him. But I decided to ignore the red flags and mm-hmm. continue to... I guess, go with my feelings, not with what God wanted for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned very early on that it wasn't God's plan for me to have moved to Hawaii, especially not with him. And so it was really hard, though, to leave because I was already committed. Um, And I knew that I made a vow to God, and I knew that, to me, it was very important And in my mind, I always said I get married one time and that was it. So the decisions of leaving because of physical abuse were just almost impossible for me. He was abusive early, early on moving into Hawaii and um, I just didn't know how to leave. So I stayed. So like... When you're going through that and you see the red flags, like, for the woman that's going through that right now, you know, what do you, what do you say to that girl that's in, the, in that position that you were in, knowing that you see the red flags and you just, you don't have, like, I don't want to say you don't have the guts, but it's just like, you don't know how to leave. Like, what do you, what do you say to that? that young female right now? I think it's all about knowing your worth mm-hmm. and knowing who you are in God mm-hmm. and know, knowing what you deserve and who you are as a woman because had I known how much I deserved at the time fully, I would have been like, I know I don't deserve this. Like This isn't what a man should do to his wife mm-hmm. and children. Mm-hmm. And so... I was unsure and scared to be alone and scared for people to say, oh, she got married and now she's divorced. She moved all the way to Hawaii and now she's back in Jersey. I felt, I guess, stupid, you know, and um, had I known a little bit better or who I was as a woman, as a person, as a human, I would not have dealt with that. I would never have dealt dealt with that. I I always told myself I would never allow a man to put their hands on me. But I guess being that um, he was my husband, it was kind of different just because being committed to someone and you made a vow to them, it's not that easy to just get up and leave, you know? So to someone who's going through it right now, like I just feel that I would tell them um, that they deserve so much better than being abused by anybody. Mm -hmm. Even if it's verbal or physical, because I do feel that verbal is way worse than being physically physically abused. Right. Um, and I had you talk about that mm-hmm. in the book and, and you know, what were some what were some of the things that he said to you? Some of the things he said to me were he couldn't stand to hear me breathe. Um, he called me all types of names, the B word, a whole bunch of th- different words that you would never expect to be called by your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he hated me. He couldn't stand you know, he couldn't stand me. 
he didn't know why he married me, that he hopes that the next person that I'm with will whoop my, you know what, well, way worse than he did. <laughs> way worse than I, you know, said that he did because he was kind of like in denial that he ever did that. You know, it was always like, are you crazy? I would never put my hands on you. Like it was, he's such a bad manipulator, you know? Um, so yeah, it was really tough. Yeah. I feel like, you know, men that, there's two, there's two things to what I'm about to say. Number one, I feel that men that are doing that to women, one, that's a sucker move, period. You know what I'm saying? It, I don't, there ain't no real way to like slice that and I'm looking directly into the camera or whatever, straight up and down. Like, that's a sucker move, straight up. For you to put your hands on a woman knowing that you are genetically more powerful strength wise you know you know what i'm saying like than a woman is it's a sucker movie ain't no real way to put it but i will say this i feel that men that do that somewhere along the way they have never had real love whether it be from their father or their mother. <clears throat> I think a lot of the issues that go on psychologically in any person's life, male or female, begin inside the home. Mm -hmm. And the type of love and the type of atmosphere that they're around that subjects them to doing that to another woman. So at some point in life, he was exposed to that. You know what I'm saying? And then he felt that it was okay because y'all had a disagreement or whatever or something like that <clears throat> versus uh, taking a step back and evaluating what you're saying or how right. you're saying it. You know what I'm saying? On the flip side, some females or whatever are exposed to their mom even snapping out or whatever on their husbands or whatever. And then they get into a situation where as in some man's not going to take that because they think that that's how a man and a woman are supposed to act or right. whatever you know what i'm saying or it may not be their mother it may be their father or it may be somewhere along the line the things that we do we're exposed to at some point in life right so i guess my question is is like you know what were some of the things that you know that were just that you know little triggers to you prior to him actually putting his hands on you like that um, it was a lot of anger that he showed mm -hmm. and the very first time that he got physical, it wasn't as bad as when we lived in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. The very first time was he just grabbed me and gripped me up and like threw me up against the wall. And it was the night that I was supposed to go out with my friends for like a quote unquote bachelorette night before we got married. And, um, he just, you know, yoked me up against the wall and then I was like, freaked out and I was just like what are you doing and he started crying I guess fake crying and promised me he would never do it again and so I believed him but I almost canceled my bachelorette party because I was crying so much that I felt like I couldn't even go but I knew that my girls put a lot of time and money into it and so I as a strong woman that I am picked myself up I didn't tell, tell anybody anything I wiped my face off I put you know, fix my makeup, and I walked out of the door, acted like nothing ever happened. So, and that that's that's the crazy part there to me because we could be walking in the street, 
anywhere in the world. And people are just smiling, happy. But are broken inside. But are broken inside. And something had could have just happened five minutes prior. Right. Is is that or is that not healthy? It's not healthy. What do you say to that to that person? Because here right now we got somebody that's that's going through it. That's being abused, that's being raped, you know what I'm saying, that's being sexually assaulted or whatever the case may be. And a lot of them are afraid, they're in fear of that person that may do something even far worse. Is it is it right for them to just go ahead and like, yo, and, and get the help that they need right away, right? Right. I just feel that the more and more that it piles up, yeah. the harder it is to escape it in your mind. Mm. Because it's like, I'm afraid to tell this person this because of what they may say, how they may judge me, what they may tell me. Because had I told my sister who was literally down the steps when he did that to me, or my cousin who was planning this bachelorette party, or my best friend who was there that night, if I would have told one of them exactly what he did to me, I would have, I know for a fact that one or all three would have been like, this isn't right. You don't need to be with him. You're not doing this. Like you need to walk away. And we were already far along in planning and the excitement and everyone super happy for us. How do you go telling everybody, oh, we're canceling this because you know, this happened. Right. So I chose to suck it up, eat it up, not say anything, keep quiet when I should have spoke up and I would have definitely you know save myself a lot of hurt pain heartache a lot of things that I had to deal with and still sometimes deal with you know but I do feel that um me and him we got married so fast and we didn't get to know each other and that was my huge mistake and um I never really got to know him know his life know his past know his family like that and um he was hurt and they say hurt people hurt people and he was a hurt person and what he did was hurt me and we never got to a level where he shared his life with me or told me anything about him growing up and his past and all that Mm -hmm. but I know for a fact that it had to be something that he wasn't being shown love Um, um, you know he was in a he was raised in a house without his biological father and I don't really know much about his mom I never met her in person but Every time I would try to get something out of him, like, hey, talk to me about your past. Like, I want to know more about you. Share with me. Open up to me. He would never open up to me. He kept it hidden inside. And before I moved to Hawaii, I would tell him, you know, you have so much hurt and so much anger. And he was like, oh, yeah, I have a lot of anger. I used to go to anger management. When we moved to Hawaii, I promise I'll get the help that I need. I'll go back to anger management classes. I'll take care of it. He knew that he needed the help. He just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And if you know you need the help and you don't get it, then that's an issue because you're not resolving the issues that's going on inside and it's just not going to go away. Yeah, you're like, you're at that point when you know you you're masking problem, it. Yeah, you're, you're, not only are you masking it, you're being selfish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're being selfish to, you know, and, and, and stubborn at the same time too because. You know you got a problem, and you don't want to go, you know, heal up the way that you're supposed to. And a lot of times, I feel that people that strike other people are striking other people in fear. They're the ones that are actually scared because they don't know what, you know, what's going to happen in their life next. 
so they and they're angry about it because they don't they don't know exactly how to to press forward and that's why I say now it's so important for us to stay grounded and stay in our word because for me you know staying in my bible is is keeping me you know focused on what I need to do next you know what I'm saying for my family what I need to do next uh, uh to serve the people in this world and and then especially going into you know with, with Christian and stuff like that which we'll get into but it, it's just like it just goes to show how excuse me how important it is for us to to stay you know grounded and, and stay looking to God for everything that we need um there are many women I feel that you said something earlier that you don't you didn't know I guess like your your value until later and I personally feel that young women today should learn what their value is right and then some women don't even know they, they don't even get the chance or not to get the chance but they don't um, uh, understand that you know how true their, va- their value is or their fathers don't tell them how valuable they actually are and so how important is that for a woman to be told that they're that they're valuable when they don't even know especially if you're young young because you yeah. already know if you're young you, you're thinking you're innocent you know what i'm saying you don't you don't actually know what true value is and it's like we tell nana all the time like our daughter how valuable she is so that she stays on the right track how important is that for, for these young girls out here and even not even the young girls just women period this is the thing i'm 34 years old now and i'm really really still learning what it is to know who i am in god mostly in god because our worth comes from god um but i feel that you know if you don't know your worth you're going to turn to other things that make you feel good only but for a moment but it makes you feel good only for a moment but then you feel empty you feel that void again so until you fill it with someone who's always going to be there, which is God, it's going to come and then it's going to and you're going to, you're going to empty again. But if you fill yourself with God, you are going to keep on filling yourself with God and you're going to overflow yeah. where if you turn to drugs, sex, money, um, being on social media, on Instagram, and you are waiting for all these people to say how beautiful you are and how, you know, your body is this and your body is that and how what kind of car you drive and this that and the third you're turning to all these different things but that's but for a moment yeah and until you really truly find your real worth in god you're going to continue to be empty and feel empty um i just started writing maybe a few months ago in my journal all the ims and I've been reading Ephesians and literally going through each Bible verse, writing everything that God says about me and what he's called me to be, mm-hmm. who he looks at me as. Um, and I'm writing in my journal, I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. And um, I'm still learning who God says that I am. Mm-hmm. And had I known who God said that I am, mm-hmm. I would have save myself from a lot of hurt right. and pain right you know but we you know I, I and i i totally agree i think we all go through these things for a reason but it's it's 
as long as you get it. As right. long as you get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a, a lot of us, we're all different. And it all, it all takes time. We all have different paths and ways of life. There are some girls that are seven years old that know their worth. Right. Automatically off the bat. That's, that's their gift. They know from the... I know that there's this one, this is one girl. Oh, man, I forget her name. But I went to church with her when I was um, young. And she's now uh, a deacon at, at the church that um, that my my ancestors had um, uh, built like hundreds of years ago, uh, Israel Memorial AME Church. And there's this one girl, and, and she from YPD, all of that. Like she knew her worth from the and people probably used to talk about her or whatever all the time, but it was just that she knew exactly what she was going to be. At the age of like 11. Mm-hmm. Like in. You've seen it consistently. All the time. So I think that a lot of women. They, they get to a point where they're consistent for a moment. And then they fall off. They're consistent for a moment. Then they fall off. But I want to switch gears a little bit. And I want to go, go into the book a little bit more. So you talked about how. It got to the point where. So you're pregnant. With Javion. Right. And then he did the unthinkable. And you actually had to end up going to the hospital. And that's when they kind of found out. This is right before you came back to Jersey. So take us through on on what happened leading up to that and how they found out that, you know, um, that you were being abused. Um, I hid it for a really long time. My family in Jersey didn't even know until I moved back to Jersey. Um, I went to the hospital one day because after like a huge fight, he never came home after work. And I didn't know where he was. And so I was worrying and I was stressed out. And then I called him and I was like, hey, where are you? It's so whatever time at night. And it was super late. And I was like, you're not coming home. And then he put his auntie on the phone and she's like, no, he's not coming home. And it was just this big thing with him. And that's when I knew, oh, wait, he's not coming home. Like, he's not at work. He's really just not coming home. And so I freaked out because I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, and he's so stubborn. Like, I knew if he if he wasn't coming home, I know no matter what I said, he wasn't coming home. So I stressed and I cried for a really long time that night up to the point where I started feeling pain. And so I took the kids to one of my friends that I met out there and I went to the hospital and I told them that I was feeling all this pain and they were checking me out and thought that I was going into preterm labor. So they started doing tests and they found out that it was I was not going into preterm labor. But um, I guess she saw that I was frantic and she saw like bruises on my arm and she questioned me about it. And when she questioned me, I just broke down crying. And she had to call the domestic violence, you know, people, and there was nothing I could do. Like, she saw it all over me that I couldn't control myself when she asked, hey, what happened to your arm? Like, are you being abused? And it just went from there. Wow. And in your mind, did you know it was over then? Or not yet? Um, not quite yet. I was scared, and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to lose his mind. But... I still had some type of hope, I guess. He's going to lose his mind because of his... His job, career. His career. Yeah. So he valued his career... More, more than, than me. Absolutely. I think that's a problem. And he, he told me that. He was like, 
I worked so hard for my career and getting to where I'm at now that if I lose everything, I have to divorce you is what he told me. Mm -hmm. And I said, so you love your job more than your wife? He was like, I guess, like you're not coming in between me and my job. That's what he told me. Wow. And you know what? That's some more sucker moves right there, yo. Straight up. Because you're putting money over your family. Like, I, I, I just don't, I don't get that. I don't get how a man can actually sit there and say, like, yeah, my, my, I'm not losing my career over my wife and kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, at the end of the day, at some point in time, your career is going to be over. Yeah. God willing, your wife and your kids will still be here. I think that men need to start putting their, getting their priorities in check. And for the men that, that, that need to hear this, listen, yo, this is not a bash on you. This is not like a, you know, yo, why are you talking about the men? Uh, this is not that. I'm coming, I'm, I'm talking to men that have this actual problem. Right. To the men that are doing what they're supposed to do, keep grinding and I salute you. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly who you are. Keep going. The reason why I'm coming at the other men that are in this position, that in this problem right now, is because y'all got to understand that you are royalty and you are a king. In this world, you are a king amongst other kings. Although we have the king of kings above us, you have to know your value as well, too. And you got you to gotta set the standard. We got to have our priorities in order. Listen, yo, you wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't have a family if it wasn't for God. Absolutely. A lot of times we sit here and we we praise the the what what was created instead of praising the creator. I said we praise the the created instead of the creator. Somebody created a job for you. Somebody created this family for you. Somebody created you specifically and you're specifically designed to do, you know, your job and your mission here on earth and if you value you know, money over your family, like you, you're pretty much, you're out of order, right? You're out of order. So we got to get that right. You know what I'm saying? And no matter how much money comes into place, like, you know, your like your family should be placed over top of that. That's just period, man. I've seen dancers drop their career and go take care of their their family in order so that their family was you know taken care of yeah you know what i'm saying like putting their family first not paying family first but what i mean is they put god first and then their family and then you know whatever else came after that came after you know what i'm saying like they had their priorities in order i think men need to hear that man you know what i'm saying and and, and let's keep let's keep it real our women need us so for you, babe, like at that time, I'm pretty sure you felt, un you know, like insecure, insecure like you were unloved. Unlo yeah. How many men actually, I mean, how many women actually go through that? Like, you know, and you, you, what do you guys do? Like, what is going on in your mind every single day at this point now? Like after that, those first couple times that you're being abused, like what's going on in your mind? It was so much going on in my mind, like... Just being the fact that I was super far away from home with my two kids and really we had no one out there 
thankfully God brought these two amazing women in my life who I met out there and we became so close and um, I'm still really close friends with one of them and um, they were there for me but without them I don't know what I would have done but in my mind there was so much going on where you know I didn't even really tell my parents everything because I know that they would have forced me to come home and, and your mom don't right, play that right the little bit that I told them like yeah, the tell you something about her moms yo <laughs> woo the thing is I didn't even tell them until like I knew for a fact we were done 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 yeah like it was this every everything did you started feel, in did June you feel prideful? Um, because you didn't want to tell them? Not prideful. I felt more, I guess, embarrassed and ashamed. Mm -hmm. Not prideful. But um, this all happened in June. I didn't tell them till like November, December when I knew like wow. this was done, done. And I didn't come back home till February. Yeah. And they were trying to get funds together, trying to get me home, trying to get my family to come to Hawaii to, you know, be with me and make sure everything was okay. But still at this point, they had not known that I was being physically abused. Back, like in this November, December, I had just called my dad when I knew that it was like done. Mm -hmm. And I told my dad, I'm like, hey, Pop, like, can you please talk to him and see if you can get him to kind of like try to work things out with me because he's saying he wants to be done. And this was at the point where I was just like, I know that he was just like done. Wow. Um, Hold that thought right yeah. there. Everybody, check this out. We're going to continue this on part number two. We're going to pay some bills real quick. And we're going to continue this on part two on the Kenny Clutch podcast, the Clutch Vision podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs>